This show is pre-recorded and furnished by Frasier Productions. Welcome to The Deciders. This is Renee Frazier, the founder and CEO of Frazier Communications. We're the leading woman-owned advertising and communications firm in Southern California. At Frazier, we specialize in changing behavior to grow brands and to have a positive impact on society. One of our favorite and most famous campaigns is Talk, Read, Sing. It changes everything. We developed that for First Five California and are pleased to say it's been running for six years. It has 88% awareness across the state. But today we're here to talk about the show, The Deciders. On our show, we feature leaders in their field and change agents in their communities. We ask people to share their insights and we want you as the listeners to walk away with practical tips. I'm sure many of you, like me, have thought about what could I be doing? to help create a better environment? What could I do to help save the planet, reduce CO2? We've all seen the dramatic effects of climate change. Well, our guests today have done more than think about that. They've thought a lot about it. In fact, they've written a book called Imagine It. I've got the book here. I'm a great believer in it. It's a handbook for a happier planet. The book outlines easy steps we can all take to lower our use of plastics, paper, water, and chemicals. These two women are both longtime activists who have separately and together created documentaries and important content. Lori David has created the documentary An Inconvenient Truth, Fed Up, and most recently, Social Dilemma. Welcome to The Deciders, Lori David and Heather. Renee, so good to be with you. I just have to um, say that I my partner in documentary films is Heather Eastman, my partner on this book. And she and I together did Fed Up and The Social Dilemma. And uh, this was the first time we ventured to do a book together. And I think it turned out pretty well. I love it. I love it. You know, each chapter focuses on different things we can actually do. And I apologize, Heather. I didn't give you enough credit at the beginning. I'm delighted that you mentioned that, Lori. Okay, we have lots of good things to cover here. Uh Well, and I wanted to mention that, uh, you know, I have been using the book with my grandchildren to talk about ways we can change our footprint. And, you know, we did a campaign throughout the state called Flex Your Power. It was all based on the idea of small things make a big difference. But before we talk about the things people can do, I thought it'd be great to hear from both of you as to why you wrote the book. And Heather, why don't we start with you and then we'll go to Lori. Okay, so how the book came about is that Lori and I were uh, taking one of our walks. And of course, it was only minutes into the walk when uh, Lori started to talk about her deep frustration that we just weren't moving fast enough on climate change, something she's cared about for 25 years plus. And I said, you know, I think for many of us, we want to do more, but we're not quite sure how. We don't know quite what to do. Can an individual make an impact? And that discussion, revisited many times, led to this book. And as I say in the opening of the book, I've been at this about 10 years. Lori is my green living coach. And I thought everybody would like to have Lori as a green living coach. So that's a bit how the book came about. And it's so funny because I really, I wanted to put everything I knew into one place so that I can hand it to my girlfriends and family members. And so that's how, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do Imagine It as well. I also want to say that the book is very much about connecting the dots between 
what we're doing to our environment and how it's also impacting our health. And they go hand in hand. And I think the book is going to empower people to take better care of their families and at the same time, better care of the planet. I like that a lot. It relates to health as well as the environment. And you make that very easy to understand in the book. And you're right. I want to say the title several times. Imagine it. Imagine it. And it's really imagine what you can do and imagine the better, happier planet we can have. Let's start, ladies, by talking about plastic. Uh, I had no idea. And still, I read the chapter how much plastic we actually use. Let's talk about the volume we use and then Let's talk about recycling plastic. Well, we're literally drowning in plastic. I mean, if you tried to get rid of all the plastic in your life, you could not do it. It's almost impossible. But you can get rid of some of it. And we all have to do that for several reasons. A health reason, plastic is made from oil. It's a petroleum byproduct. So do we want to be drinking out of that? Do we want to be eating food out of that? I mean, that it makes no sense. There's a chemical in the plastic that leaches into the food and water we eat. We have to, we have to get it out of our lives, for, in, out of our kitchens for that reason. But it also never biodegrades. It doesn't, every piece of plastic you've ever touched, every Solo cup, every toothbrush, every big pen, Every piece of saran wrap that you've put over a dish still exists somewhere in a landfill or in the ocean. So that's another reason why we have to start reducing it. Um, it's really it's it's become a huge problem and the oceans are filled with it. Here's another crazy thing. We're ingesting it. I read that. It's like equivalent to a credit card a week in terms of the amount of plastic we're taking. I mean, in. plastic particle, it, it's even been found in breast milk. I mean, this is, listen, the, the fish eat it, we eat the fish, you know, it ends up in our stomachs. I mean, it's, it's a huge, huge problem. And there are some things that we can do about it. So that's the good news. And I think we start each chapter with a short story on how we got into this mess and then filled with the rest of the chapters filled with solutions. Heather, do you have some thoughts on plastic you want to add here? Well, you were um, talking about how um, recycling. So, 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 so many of us think, well, if we, if we recycle, we're doing a good job. And the incredible thing to know is only about 9% of the plastic we put in trash actually gets recycled. And for a number of reasons, but the most significant is not all disposable plastic is recyclable can't be handled. A huge amount, in fact, can't. So um, we have to realize that only 9%. And then of all the plastic that is recyclable, that is captured, um, often the cost of recycling it and distributing it back to whoever's going to use it will make it more expensive than new plastic, depending on the application. So you've got two issues. It only deals with some. And in some cases, People can't even use what they can access. Now, technologies will advance this and we will get better and better. But it's way more important to say, instead of fixing the problem at the end when we need to recycle it, how about just eliminating a good, good point. amount of what we use? Great point, Heather. I think, you know, obviously using reusable water bottles, right, and uh, reusable shopping bags. But when we think about the products we buy for our kitchen, laundry, soap, right, bathroom products, I see now that I can buy sheets of, uh, of detergent, right, and use those instead. 
any other ideas on how people can quickly adopt these things and, and change their behavior? When you start making these swaps, you, you find that it's actually a joyful experience. You feel better. I mean, just by doing it. So I never thought about, you know, when I, when I, when we've been, let me start over. I learned so much writing this book with Heather and I've been making changes myself, things that I hadn't uh, connected the dots on, but you have to go through your house and in a very honest way, really assess what you're using and don't forget your shower. Okay. Because there is so much plastic in your shower. And I didn't know about these um, bar shampoos and conditioners. There's all kinds of companies making bar shampoo and conditioner now. Well, this idea that it has to come out of a plastic bottle is crazy. And don't forget the shipping and the emissions of shipping all of this product. When most of these, um, most of the containers, it's mostly water. So you're paying for water to be, I mean, it's, it's a crazy thing when you really start unpeeling it. So bar shampoo, bar conditioner is something that um, I'm using a lot now. And of course, in the kitchen, I'm, I'm obsessed with beeswax wrap. Works so, so well. I'm obsessed with it. I love using it. I love the smell that comes out of it. <laughs> and also these um, silicone lids that you put on top of things and the um, silicone, um, the zip top containers. So no more sandwich bags. Get rid of all those plastic sandwich bags. You don't need them. There's fantastic products on the market now that will um, that will replace them, and you'll you'll just love them. I like this. I'm I'm, I'm already decided. There's three things I'm going to do right after the show. Thank you for these specific suggestions, and and it really is easy. There's even a place to make notes and to, and decide what you're going to do in the book. And let, we let have we you. have um, at the back of the at the back of the book we have tons of great products, so you can actually do some retail therapy just looking at the back of the book. I like that retail therapy. True. And then kind of cleanse yourself in a lot of ways. And and like you said, Laura, you feel good once you've done it. There's a sense of, OK, I'm I'm making a difference in the world. And once you do make some changes, you teach your whole family to do it and you pass it on to your friends. And that's how we start to, you know, spread the information and make changes. One more last thing before we leave the kitchen, I have to mention, because I just this is a recent change for me is. You know, this, the sponge in your sink is plastic. I never thought of that item as plastic. And if you notice little pieces of green or blue come off and go down the drain as you start to use your sponge, well, that's plastic going out into the ocean. So I got rid of my sponges. Actually, they make sponges out of walnut shells. So those are good sponges you can buy. But I'm now using a brush and, you know, a huge chunk of soap and you spray, you brush the, the brush on the soap. And it cleans the dishes faster and better. And now I actually enjoy washing dishes. <laughs> Great idea. I hadn't even thought about that, but you're right about the sponge. Let me ask about food and I'll ask you, Heather. Uh, I don't think people realize, particularly I'm a vegetarian, so I have to say particularly beef and, of course, chicken, but beef in particular. Can you talk about why it contributes so much carbon pollution? Yeah, so livestock, so all of it, um, every step in the chain that comes from the original growing of feed to feed livestock, all the way through to you, our eating a hamburger or a hot dog or a steak or whatever, every step in the chain creates um, emissions for our planet. 
or ends up uh, impacting our ability to clean our planet. So just growing the food, the corn and the food to feed all the livestock means we're clear cutting massive swaths of land and mono plant, planting monocrops, which create problems for our earth and eliminate environments that could be uh, cleaning the toxics, toxins out of the air, right? We're, so we're eliminating it there. Then there's the whole question of how we breed all these livestock and the conditions that they're kept in. And they are huge belchers. They belch out carbon dioxide into oh the air. And I won't take the audience through all the steps. You can learn it in the book, but at every step of the way, problems are created. And something people don't know, and Lori's always been uh, onto this subject, we, the industrial farming um, systems are using antibiotics that we also use. And they use those antibiotics to keep their cattle uh, healthy because the conditions they're kept in are not good for them. But as they use those antibiotics, they degrade them for us. So as I say, can't tell you the whole story here, you'll get it in the book. But the idea is for anybody open to wanting to make a difference, do we cut down? Like we're not saying everyone's going to eliminate it, but if you cut down the amount of meat you eat, you can make a difference. Right. If you choose when you're cutting down by not spending so much money, the little bit you buy, if you can afford to buy it organic, the little bit you buy, again, you're making an impact. So there's lots, there's lots in the food chapter. Um, and I, I would say before we leave the food chapter, one of the things that gave us the most joy in writing it is um, if you take advantage of some of the suggestions, not only will you be good for the planet and your health, but you're likely to save a lot of money because we are big wasters of food. All right. of us. So there you go. I was shocked when I read that in the book, how much, how many tons of food we waste. Uh, and, and so much of it is coming from the individual home, not necessarily not from the restaurant, restaurants, what you would think, but it's coming from the individual home. This is something everyone can make a difference about today. And um, how you how you bring your groceries in, how you plan your meals, um, what you do when things get a little old, um, ignoring, ignoring, but not taking it, taking expiration dates with a grain of salt. All those things are suggestions in the book to reduce your food waste. And of course, there's the simplest suggestion, which is to make soup once a week. So instead of tossing out those wobbly carrots and wiggly celery, turn it into soup. All those old vegetables can go can become a great meal for you and um, and reduce your food waste and reduce your food waste. Absolutely. And then there's composting, of course, which is a good way. Yep. Right, to get rid of another feel good activity, by the way, compost. Most definitely. Most guaranteed definitely. to make you happy. <laughs> I love that. We all need a little more happiness in our lives. Yep. Uh, you know, the other thing I was surprised at uh, was the chapter on clothing. Uh, I didn't realize in the last 25 years, we've doubled the amount of clothing and shoes that we've bought. Yep. Heather, yeah. you're 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 this is this is your chapter right here. This was. um this was a learning for both Lori and I. This was one of the lifestyle shifts that we, Lori's 25 years with my 10 years, we were not so conscious of. But yes, you know, Renee, it's a theme across all the lifestyle shifts that in different ways, unintentionally, we being unaware, we as a society, we as a world, certainly the developing world, we have just become uh, 
wasteful in that we we think of things as disposable. Plastic's disposable, cartons are disposable, uh, everything's disposable, and our clothing has become disposable. So, you know, the rise of fast fashion and you can get everything faster and cheaper and a new style every week and you don't have to wear it. Well, all these things we're disposing, um, a huge amount of our clothing includes or is made fully of polyester. Mm. Two things with polyester, but one big thing to know about it, it has fossil fuel at its at its core, right? It does. And so there's all kinds of issues with it. But also what happens to all the clothing that we get rid of, you'd like to think it's all being recycled, but it isn't. A lot of it ends up in land waste and sorry, in landfill. And in those landfills, man, that builds up and gives off toxic gases. So um, that that chapter is a kind of interesting one. Uh, I would say one other thing, all that clothing that we buy most of it gets shipped from faraway places, packed onto these massive, unregulated steamer ships, mm. belching bad things into our air, which are putting bad things into our oceans. And so um, it is part of the feel-good notion, this paradigm shift. And, and you're the perfect person to be talking about this, Renee. At the core of this book and the fashion chapter is this paradigm shift for us to become conscious of what we're doing mm-hmm. make decisions in our health interest in our financial interest and in our planet's interest that's what we're talking about and clothing wow there's a huge opportunity and um when we were writing that chapter the idea that was just stuck in my mind was something i and i'm older so and i used to hear my mother who is now uh, passed away say buy a little bit better and buy forever. Ah. And that means for anybody, right? Even for the person on the tiniest budget. And my mom taught me that we were on very tight budgets, but it's a philosophy. It's a philosophy. I like that a lot. I think the other thing that I, that one of the nice techniques that you mentioned in the book are swap parties where you swap your clothes right instead of throwing them away and or giving them away and there are a lot of places you could give clothes which i think is important like goodwill and dress for success i will tell you in los angeles dress for success isn't accepting any clothes right now they have plenty to give away but in other parts of the country i'm sure it's good but swapping is not a bad idea sharing with your friends when you're tired of something they may in fact be able to use it well, it's all about being new to you, right? So if you if you're switching with your with your friends, it'll be new to you. There's another there's a there's a kind of a very cool business um, that is coming out of this problem, and that is all these um, clothes rental companies, and those are really starting to take off. And I think that even even larger brands are starting to consider renting their their clothes. So that's that's a good thing. That's a good solution that's coming out of the problem. And I like and that. I think that's very valuable. Let's let's turn to uh, and you're right. It is up and coming. I'm uh, more and more rental kinds of companies with different kinds of clothing, which is wonderful and jewelry even now renting jewelry. But let's talk about chemicals. Uh, I think we all know these can be bad for us and the environment. Uh, but you you brought a lot of awareness to the chemicals we put on our skin, the products that we are using. What do you su- tell us a little bit about that and what you suggest? For me, the the most challenging transition, honestly, is the chemical transition because it's complicated. It's complicated to try and understand what is harmful and what isn't. But 
let's just say that what we've done in the book is we've highlighted the 10 or so chemicals that the research has said are most worrisome for our own health. And so we're highlighting those chemicals and saying, look for them in the products that you're buying. But an easy one, an easy one to talk about is um, we all, so many of us love to use scented candles. They give us a great feeling. Well, scented candles or the perfume you put on your body, the ingredients in what is labeled perfume often create something called, often include something called phthalates. And phthalates have been uh, known to be a real significant endocrine disruptor. Uh-huh. So, um, we say, now you have a choice. You can pick a candle that includes the word perfume and you don't know what the heck is in it, or you can pick something that has essential oil. Oil, got it. And um, it's this, what we've, tried to, what we've tried to do in the book is break down a very complicated subject and say to people, look, you don't have to be afraid of this, but just begin to build your knowledge and make some deliberate choices. Yeah, I like there's a whole table. There's two pages, 90 and 91, where you show uh, products that are common ingredients with safety concerns and then what to avoid. And it's very simple to follow because you're right. Otherwise, it, it can be complicated, like formaldehyde, right, which is very bad for your nails. And I think you mentioned, as you said just a moment ago, Heather, endocrine blockers, right? They stop the production of hormones in our bodies that can be very helpful and important to regulate our bodies, including fertility. Right. And there's been a lot of studies coming out about the connection here, too. One place that everybody has to has to stop using chemicals is their yards. The I, I cannot believe that I am still seeing ads on television for Roundup. Roundup, exactly. Link to every kind of cancer you can imagine. I mean, this is talk about an endocrine endocrine disruptor. So your yard is like the first place that you should really be going chemical free. No more pesticides, no more insecticides, because whatever you spray on your yard ends up in your house, either through a window or through drift or whatever. So no more chemicals in the yard. And also what they're, you know, what those chemicals are also doing to the bees and the birds. Uh, I was hoping you would say, Lori. Go, go, Heather, please. What they're doing to the bees. There's a wonderful uh, two-pager in the book written by one of the world experts on bees. And he says, when those chemicals hit those bees, it literally shakes them to death. Ugh. Right? He says, it's like getting uh, Parkinson's and Alzheimer's together. That's what it does to your brain, to the brains of those bees. And one of every three bites of food we eat needs a bee. Comes so, from a bee, right, as a result of the uh, pollination. Uh, we cannot kill the bees. You're absolutely right. You know, we only have about three minutes left, and I want to talk about advocacy. You have some very good dis- uh, advice for how to become an advocate and how to use your voice. Social media, sending letters. Would you tell us those things and explain why it could be so powerful? So I think the goal is that once you start connecting the dots in your own life, you will become an advocate. It's going to happen. And I, I love um, that we that Heather is a CEO of a company, so she can speak directly to the power of hearing from her customers and clients. So, Heather, you should you should you should reaffirm for everybody that it actually makes a difference when you write a letter 
or you complain on social media? There is no question. I can tell you that today, a CEO ignores a letter from a customer at their peril. And we know that customers are now saying, we don't want to see plastic bags. We don't want to see plastic wrap. We care about what's in that product. Can you get us products that are both affordable and safe? Now, this still represents only a certain percentage of the consumer population. But the more people who do it, the more uh, businesses transform. And then if you go on social media and you say, I visited this customer and they did such and such, you get the attention. Now, the flip is no company can change in 24 hours. But any company that cares will post a serious plan saying in the next eight years or the next 10 years, starting right away, here is how we're getting to net zero. And that's the point. Get them to start if they're not doing it or or uh, do it faster. Right. I, I love that. And I think the other thing is being an advocate among your friends. I heard you say that both of you say that. Uh, which you have been doing. And the book is a way to share that. Uh, here's how to make change happen. And here are the things I'm doing, because you know how many of us are role models for our friends. And and you can be a little pushy <laughs> with the good friends. I, I've, I think pushy is my middle name. So uh, for me, there, there's no there's no limit to the pushiness. But I think, you know, this is what builds collective will. Right. This is this is what is going to impact who we vote for and who we elect. And whether or not companies change, it's, it has to start with the individual. And then millions of individuals will make the change happen. Beautifully said. Well, thank you so much. This has been Lori David and Heather Reisman talking about their wonderful book, Imagine It. Imagine It. I want to thank you all for spending time with us on The Deciders. Hopefully you've learned some very practical things you can to do to make a big difference in the environment and share with your friends. If you're interested in our show, you can certainly listen to our podcast anytime. This podcast will be posted on our website at FraserCommunications.com. As you know from the opening of the show, Fraser is a full service advertising communications firm. You can find more about us at Fraser Communications. We'll be back next week on The Deciders with Renee Fraser. Have a great week ahead. This show is pre-recorded and furnished by Frasier Productions.